0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt.
1: Welcome back to another episode of BlitzCast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin. And as always, I'm joined alongside my fantastic partners, Ed Hunt and Angelo Carriero. How are you gentlemen doing today?
2: Awesome, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: fantastic, my friend. I am so excited. Angelo, how about yourself, partner?
0: Dude, the draft is is less than 24 <laughs> hours away. I, I'm, I am like like peaking at this. <laughs> I haven't even begun to peak. <laughs>
1: yes, sir. Yeah, Like you heard, you guys, by the time this show is going to be out, the draft will be less than 24 hours away. And, you know, you guys are listening to a draft podcast. This is what we live for. We have putting, been putting in countless hours of work preparing for this draft, <laughs> This is, this is like our Super Bowl, you guys. We cannot wait. I have, I don't think I've slept in the uh, last two weeks, maybe. I'll give myself an <laughs> hour max. I cannot wait. I'm excited to see how close our mock drafts have been. I'm excited to see how our player rankings are going to look. But today, we have such an exciting show in case for you. Uh, we're going to go through our best players at each position, our most overrated players at each position, and our most underrated players at each position. And on top of that... We're going to give you some superlative uh, scenarios that we're going to run through. If you guys don't have any questions, I'm ready to rock and roll.
2: Let's go. Let's
1: do this, baby. All right, so let's Let's start it it off with our list of best players. Angelo, why don't you start us off, my friend? Give me your best quarterback of this draft.
0: Best player, Sam Howell.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Uh, Best
0: traits, Malik Willis. But best, best player, the guy that I think will have the best career in 10 years, Sam Howell.
1: I respect that answer. I'm
2: gonna, say Ma- I'm gonna go Malik Willis.
0: I think I'm gonna
1: go Malik Willis as well, just because I'm I'm banking on the upside. I think he's got the best upside out of any quarterback in this draft. Let's let's hop over into running backs. Angelo,
0: Brees Hall.
2: Wow, that is the- you, you you and uh, who 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 was the other one that said that uh, was that Kyper? I think Kuyper had that too.
0: Wait, were you saying best running backs, Right, like yes, who would sir, be the best yeah. running back? Yeah, Brees yes, Hall sir. is.
2: I, I thought that was consensus. I didn't oh, think yeah. there was a. Mr.
1: Brendan Bolin huh. thinks that as well.
2: Uh, I'm going to go Kenneth Walker Jr.
1: I see where you're coming from. That's probably the best, you know, pure running back. But Brees Hall the most complete back in my opinion. Let's hop over to wide receiver. This is a controversial one. I know who Angelo's is going to say. Let's let's put it out for the world, my friend.
2: Chris Olave. Yes, sir. I'm going to go Jamison Williams.
1: I think I'm going to have to put Garrett Wilson. My opinion has changed, but Garrett Wilson to me is the most complete NFL receiver. Let's hop over into Trey McBride, one of my favorite positions. Give it away. <laughs> give it away. Let's hop over into Bro. Tight ends. <laughs> Let's hop over into tight ends. One of my favorite positions. One of the most disrespected positions come draft day. Well, you guys already heard my pick. It's Mr. Trey McBride from Colorado State, the most complete tight end in this draft.
0: I'm going to have gonna to go, go with Trey McBride. I'm going to have to go with the guy they renamed the position after, so Trey McBride.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Uh, you guys know how to make me happy. All right. Let's go into offensive tackle. Another one where I think we're going to have a few different answers. Mr. Angelo?
0: Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. Evan Neal. All
1: right. You guys, we we're, we went three for three on a different one. I'm going to say Ika McQuannu for this one. I just think... What he's going to bring as a run blocker early on in the league will be, you know, probably the most dominant early on. Uh, let's hop into guards.
0: I like Kenyon Green better at tackle, mm-hmm. actually. So I am going to go with Zion Johnson here.
2: I'm going to go Kenyon Green. He's my he's he's a guard for me. I'm
1: going to go Zion Johnson as well. I think it's it's pretty con- consensus that it is between those two, but I will have to go Zion Johnson. This next one, center. If anybody has a, a different answer than anybody, we're, they might have to get kicked off the show. I think we all—I think we all know who the, the center is going to be, Mister Angelo. Okay, so
0: there's this guy at Eastern Washington
2: State. <laughs> all right, hear me out.
0: It's Tyler Linderbaum. He's—he's he's one of the best players in the class. Period.
1: Yes, sir. Tyler Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum. I don't think any surprise there. And let's let's hop over into the defensive side of the ball. Give me your top D end.
2: Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, sir. Aiden Hutchinson,
1: and I think that's three for three, Mister Aiden Hutchinson. Let's kick it to the interior with our uh, defensive tackles or nose tackles. This
0: one's this one is actually difficult. I I want to say that like the best prospect is Jordan Davis, and Devontae Wyatt may be more of a five tech or something. But if we're talking about who I think the best player is out of these, I honestly would go Wyatt. I respect that. I respect that.
1: I think he's got a much more complete game than Davis. I'm going to go Davis just because he, like I mentioned in the last show, if you can be elite at one thing and kind of just be implemented into that role, I'll take that. And I think Jordan Davis is the best interior run stuffer in this class. I'm going to go Jordan Davis too. All right. Linebacker. I think, I think this one, I think we're all consensus agreement on this one that it's, it's going to be Devin Lloyd. Am I correct?
0: I've got I, I've got Devin Lloyd. I really like Nicobe Dean as well, but if I if I had to pick for a franchise I, I I would be doing a disservice not picking Devin Lloyd. Agree with you, my friend. I think Devin Ed has Nicobe. Oh, you have Devin Lloyd. sorry, Ed. I thought you might like Nicobe more. Nah, I think Devin Lloyd had a better year. Nicobe's film is fun though I'll give him that.
1: All right, Mr. Uh, cornerbacks. This one, this one, I'm excited. Uh, I know, I know, there's going to be some different answers here. Mr. Angelo, give me, give me your top cornerback.
0: Derek Stingley
2: Jr. Yes, sir. I'm Stingley too.
1: All right, I, th- I think I want to be different, and I'm going to go with Sauce. And I know that uh, Angelo has had a his little segment on why Sauce is overrated. And and, and and you
2: know, you know what I will say, there are there are a lot of draft analysts that I do respect that are saying that.
1: Oh, no, 110%. I, I, I don't disagree. I'm a big fan of Sauce, and I want him to prove me wrong. Or, excuse me. I don't want him to prove me wrong. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to – we're going to hop over into safeties, folks. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Angelo. I,
0: it's, it's Mr. Plus 1600 himself, uh, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, and that's that's a little insider betting odds for the first safety taken. But, yeah, I'm taking Hamilton.
1: Yes, sir. Ed?
2: Kyle Hamilton.
1: I think I got to go, Kyle Hamilton as well, and that's another one of those players where you would really have to do some explanation on why it wouldn't be Kyle Hamilton. But so, though, folks, that does it for our best players at each position. Let's hop over into our most overrated players, and like like the show a few weeks ago, I want to clarify: overrated does not mean bad. It just means that maybe they're being a little bit overvalued come mock draft or or by um, you know people breaking down prospects. Overrated does not equal bad. Angelo, give me your most overrated quarterback of this class.
0: I will go with uh, Kenny Pickett or or you know what you know I'm gonna change that I think I think that uh, it just depends the Carson strong buzz has kind of worn off enough to where maybe I do feel safe with pickett, but I'd rather have pickett in the first round than strong in the second round if I'm being completely transparent. okay, okay. what about you, Ed? Bailey's out
1: definitely all right so i i'm going to have to go kenny pickett and i'm going to say he's overrated because of my argument for this guy that's underrated if you want to say that a guy is phenomenal because he had one real good year one real real good year and then the other two were you know subpar mediocre maybe even below average but that one year has you know pumped him up to arguably the number one qb of the class i'm i i can't take that i'm i kenny pickett is the most overrated quarterback to me Let's go. And let's let's move into uh, running backs.
0: Okay, uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I'm not saying that he's bad. I still think that he's one should be one of the first backs off the board. Uh, but from what I saw, a small, the pass protection stuff, you know, the questions about catching, I just think that's a little too one-dimensional for a 5'9 running back for me.
2: Ed? I'm going to go Pierre, Pierre Strong Jr. from South Dakota State.
1: Okay. I, I think so – I think this running back class, I don't think there's a guy that's necessarily overrated. Um, Maybe, I I think a lot of them are honestly underrated. I'm going to go James Cook. Not saying that, you know, people have him as a top running back in this class. They have him going pretty late. I just feel like he has a very, very incomplete NFL game. He's going to be such a situational guy in the NFL. He's not a good pass blocker. He's really going to be used on very situational third down plays for me. And I I feel like his name has kind of grown because of that relation to Dalvin, but James Cook is kind of one of the lower-tier running backs to me in this class.
0: I can respect that. Um,
2: I respect that.
0: All right, Mr. Angelo, let's hop over into wide receiver. Uh, When we're talking about overrated, I honestly uh, – it's gotten to the point where – Drake London going in the top ten just seems absurd to me i I think that he is a decent receiver, but when i want to re- when i want to pick a receiver as high as he's being projected, I'd like someone that has a little more downfield wiggle and in, in what I saw it, there's there's a little bit of stiffness and he's a he's more of a short game receiver for a six four guy and i just I, I i wasn't I wasn't enthralled with everything that I saw compared to the other receivers at the top of this class.
2: I'm going to go George Pickens from Georgia. I think there's a lot of bust potential in him.
1: I'm going to have to uh, partner along with Angelo on this one. I feel like, you know, the last maybe month or two, I've kind of been taking my case on why I think Drake London's a little bit overrated, and I'm going to stick by that for the same reasons as Angelo.
2: Let's go into tight ends.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't really have a tight end because there's just such a, such a lack of people at the top. I mean, the only guy that even has like a name that I could really point to would be, uh, Jalen, uh, uh Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, but he tested so dang poorly. I feel like that most people are already out on him. Ed, who do you have?
2: Grant Calcatero from SMU. All
0: right. I, I think I'm going to go Isaiah
1: Likely. Once again, not the fact that this guy's being over, you know, rated, but a lot of people had him at tight end two at one point, not saying he still is, but to me, that's, that's a blasphemy to put him over a guy like Jeremy Ruckert or, or even like Kate Otten. Yes, he was very improved in his blocking and that was kind of the concern, but he still got a long way to go. He still was not impressive in his blocking game. Yeah, we saw a jump, but he's a great athlete. It does not translate to his route running. I don't think he's nearly as complete as a tight end as people are giving his credit for. Once again, not a horrible prospect, but a little overrated to me. Uh, Let's hop over into offensive tackles. Angela, who do you got, my friend?
0: It's been really nice doing this podcast with you all. Ed Hunt's going to fire me after I say this, but Evan Neal is my most overrated uh, offensive (laughs) tackle. Oh, my God. I I think... I think that he's. Uh, I, I think that he's a, a fantastic looking athlete, and then uh, every other play he's on the ground, and I just I, I just can't do it. That I just can't do with that.
2: There's a there's a lot of people who think that, and I don't understand why. I'm gonna go with Obina. Easy, um, he's uh, TCU. I think I'm gonna go with Trevor Penning from Northern
1: Iowa. Uh, this guy that gets constantly praised for his nastiness, but I mean to me, 16 penalties in 12 games is kind of. It's a little closer to dirty than nasty, in my opinion, and he just doesn't play a smart game. I mean, look at him at the senior bowl. There was multiple times where he could have just pushed a guy upfield to end around, or to just simply run past the quarterback. Instead, he's like, Oh, I'm going to ragdoll this guy and throw him into my quarterback's legs and potentially injure him. Not a clean game. I feel like he is constantly getting pushed around, and yes, the nastiness and the aggression, it's there not a smart football player, not a cleaned up football player still raw in a sense. I think Trevor Penning is one of the most overrated prospects in this class maybe uh, let's hop over into interesting yeah let, yeah I, I I'm definitely a little lower on penning than I think a lot of people. I feel like the opinions are very you love him or you hate him so uh, let's let's hop over into guards.
0: Uh, I'll continue with what I said earlier. I think uh, for for a first rounder, I thought Kenyon Green at, at the guard position itself. I thought he just looked bored and was very underwhelming. Uh, and that's I liked him better at tackle. So this isn't more of an this is less of an indictment on the player than the
2: player at the projected position. I'm gonna go with Chris Paul from Tulsa.
1: Okay, I think I'm going to go with uh, Jamari Saylor. I feel like it, opinions really differ on him, but he's a lot of people's three or four. Uh, to me, I feel like he's just too stiff, doesn't have any lower mobility, and in the biggest games of his life, he simply was not good. So I, I'm going to go with Jamari Saylor from Georgia. And let's hop over into right. centers, Mr. Angelo.
0: Uh, I don't have one. I'm sorry uh, for center. My apologies. No,
1: I mean, it's. I'm not going to lie. Finding offensive linemen, it was kind of hard because I feel like Come mock draft wise where they're getting valued. It's it's pretty fair for a majority of them. I'm I'm gonna say Dylan Farham, just because it's it, not a bad prospect. Um, but a lot of people have him above Cam Jurgens, which I simply don't agree with. And that's I think it's just another where he's placed. Not a bad prospect by any means.
2: I'm gonna go with Jason Poe from Mercer. I think he should have done much better at that level.
1: Let's let's kick it over to the defense, gentlemen. Uh let's Angelo start me off with defensive ends.
0: Uh, my most overrated uh, edge player is uh, Jermaine Johnson the uh, second. I've seen enough of him going around fourth overall to for me to just be to be on the overrated label. I don't think he's a bad player. We we popped that off at the beginning with the overrated segment. I just I I just do not see any world where I would pick him over Thibodeau, Karloftis, um obviously Hutchinson, and then even like walk even. They're just at the defensive end position itself. I mean, I could probably get six deep, seven deep before I would want Jermaine Johnson. I think he's probably better fit uh, to stand up and be more of like an outside linebacker, edge setter. I agree with you.
1: I'm going to go with
2: DeMarvin Leal.
1: So I I agree that Jermaine Johnson's a little overrated. He's not my overrated pick. I'm going to go Trevon Walker just because, you know, there's a lot of people saying he's going first overall. And to me, a guy that, you know, Yes, he's dominant at setting the edge. Good run defender. Not nearly as complete as the, these other prospects that should be going first. So if he goes before Aiden Hutchinson, I will be mind blown.
0: Brent, Brendan, let me ask you this. Would you rather be a fan of a team that picked Trayvon Walker first or Jermaine Johnson fourth? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's a good question.
1: Okay, you know what? I think in their career, Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Walker will bring more to the table than a guy like Jermaine Johnson. That might be one of the toughest questions I've ever been asked. I think it's I'll probably go, a stupid question, and that's
0: why <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: probably go Jermaine Johnson first. I or excuse me, Trayvon Walker first. I think there is okay. a lot more potential with that than uh, with, than with um, Jermaine Johnson. And you know, at fourth, you still potentially could be getting the best player in the draft. So um, I don't think you can take a guy that like Jermaine uh, Johnson fourth overall. Okay. Mr. Angelo, let's kick it into the interior.
0: Uh, for overrated in the interior, I'll go with Federian Mathis. Uh, I've seen uh, enough of his film to see where he's going in the second. And at the very beginning of the process, he had uh, a little bit of buzz for the uh, like first round. And that's kind of died off. But I, when I watched him, I really didn't see a single trait that I was really excited about at the
2: next level. Ed, what I'm, about you? I'm going to go with Thomas Booker from Stanford.
1: All right, I think I'm going for Darian Mathis as well. Uh, I just, I, he was a solid interior run defender, but to me, he didn't provide much more than that. There's other guys that are dominant interior run defenders. He's not that to me. He's solid. And does not really do much other than that for me. So, for Darian Mathis from Bama. Uh, let's kick it over to linebacker Angelo.
0: Uh, I'll go with Quay Walker. Uh, I've seen an, I've seen some people consider him in the first round, and though I think he's a really good athlete, uh, when it comes to the playing the position of linebacker, I almost feel like he he's an athlete out there playing the position than a than a really good athletic linebacker.
2: I'm gonna go with Christian Harris from Alabama. I think he I think he's got good production, but I don't know how it translates to the NFL. All
1: right, I think I'm gonna go Brian Asmo from Oklahoma. I think he has a lot of uh, ill advice first steps, uh, kind of running in the wrong direction a lot of times. I think he's a good prospect but is a little overvalued. Uh, a lot of people have him in their top five linebackers. I have him just out of that maybe at six or seven. You guys can see that on my uh, on a show the show from last week to see my rankings. He's a strong tackler, dominant tackler, I would even say, but doesn't really dominate in any other sense than the tackling game. So I'm gonna say he's just a little bit overrated for you know positional ranking. Good prospect though uh let's let's move it up to the secondary into cornerbacks
0: my uh probably top overrated cornerback would be a uh, Kyer elam because i've seen enough of uh first round buzz as well this is again just slotting a player from tape to projection in the round that's what i kind of consider overrated uh El- elam has potential to maybe uh be a good corner someday uh, because of the athletic testing and his earlier tape but for for a for a top corner going to the next level and again i think he could actually develop into one but for, at the moment if kair is just who he's going to be I, I don't see a fruitful uh future
2: i'm gonna go with josh joe from alabama i'm angelo and i got a pretty similar
1: list today because i'm going Kyrie elam as well uh, like you said i i think he could be a good player but I saw a lot of like you know kind of angle issues when he's trying to make the tackle. It's a little bit over aggressive to me at times, but I like the player, but I don't know if he's deserving of a first round pick. And that leaves us off with the last overrated
0: position, and that's going to be safety. Uh, with safety, I'm 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 kind of I'm having a little bit of trouble at, at safety. I would say that the only person, just based off of accolade, would maybe be like Kobe Bryant, but I mean I think that. That he's projected at corner like at this point. I'm not a. I'm. I. I, think I believe that, he uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Projected at corner. Um. So safety. Um. I. I'll, I'll pass on this one. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I, I would actually leave that up to to you, Brendan.
1: It's funny that you mentioned him because I'm actually going to go with Brian Cook and another one of those
0: situations. No, I, you know I, what? That's who I meant. My apologies. No, My you're, apologies. You're all
1: good, brother. Um. I once again, I don't think he's a bad prospect. He just. I don't think he has top tier quickness for the position he's not the fastest guy and lacks a handful of technique issues but i will give him his credit i think he's in a sense a bigger dog than you know the people that they consider the the biggest dog on that defense sauce Gardner. i see brian cook being a lot more physical um and doesn't get nearly as much credit for it so i'll give him that but in the sense of positional ranking maybe a little high but i i actually do like brian cook
2: and i'm gonna go with veron mckinley well,
1: folks, that's our overrated list. We had our best players, our overrated. Now we're going into our underrated. I'm excited for this one, you guys. This, this is the one I've been looking forward
0: to. So kick us off with your quarterback, Angelo. I, I think that, that that after I said but he was the best and everybody kind of, like, distanced themselves from me and probably deleted me on all social media with <laughs> Sam Howell, um, I do think that he's become overrated in this – or underrated, excuse me, underrated in this entire process. Um that's who I will uh, go with there. But I also like this kid, and and I watched this film, and and maybe maybe I saw something in just one game last year when I was watching him live. But Caleb Ellaby is a guy that declared early, and some of his physical stuff doesn't uh, uh, stand stand up. But he's still a, a still a developmental quarterback that I think that could go um, on draft day. But I'll go with Sam Howell overall.
2: I, i'm gonna go desmond ritter i think I, I think i am the truther on desmond ritter right now you are
0: <laughs> yeah I, I actually like as i was looking through my my list for this category and when i put Pickett as overrated i was like
2: mm, ritter but he's a kentucky boy i can't do that to him <laughs> That's
0: <awesome.
2: laughs> no I, I i do acknowledge the tape is like very average
1: i do i do acknowledge that all right and then i think i'm gonna have to uh do sam hill myself and the reason I'm doing this is it banks off the overrated. If you want to say Kenny Pickett is quote unquote the number one QB of this class, according to a lot of people, he had two very mediocre, even below average years, and then had one phenomenal year. Sam Howell, as we look at it, had okay, maybe one average year, two phenomenal years prior to that. So, do, do you have, does it, does the order on when you have those seasons really matter? I, I guess it does because if we're, I'm just saying, Sam Howell had more good seasons than Kenny Pickett did, but we're valuing Kenny Pickett a lot higher, a lot higher than Sam Howell. So uh, a guy that lost a lot of his weapons that last season, numbers weren't exactly there again.
0: I have to put Sam Howell here.
2: All right, we'll go on to running backs.
0: Running back, I actually think there are a ton of underrated running backs in this. Where I think that you could get a day three running back that will give you just the same production as the top. Um, so I, I, if you all could go first, um, I I will just kind of reel off a couple of. Actually, I'll just go ahead. Uh, Rashad White from uh, yes, Arizona baby, State.
2: let's go. Yes, sir. I'm I'm gonna go with Damian Pierce. I really like him. Uh, I think I mean that six one height kind of kind of. I'm not gonna say the name, but I mean there's a guy from Tennessee that he's kind of like in that aspect. Uh, I like what I saw from the senior bowl, so I'm going to go Damian Pierce from Florida. I'm going Rashad White as well from Arizona State.
1: A guy that maybe doesn't have the breakaway speed, but that boy's legs never stop moving. His contact balance is great. I truly think this guy has all the skill sets you want in an every down starting back in the NFL. Rashad White will be an NFL starter yeah, I'm calling it. Let's go. I, I love Let's Rashad. Go. White. Look
0: at me and Brendan, man. We're we're on the we're on the we're on the Zen.
1: <laughs> Let's kick <laughs> it over to wide receivers, baby. I I'm excited for who you guys have for this one.
0: Uh, my wide receiver pick is Alec Pierce, uh, mm. the 6'3 wide receiver from Cincinnati. Um, I think when it's all said and done on uh, draft night, I think he's going to be a late first-round pick. Uh, he, te- he-, he tested out of the water uh, when it came to someone of his size. He ran a four-four-one at 6'3", 200-plus pounds. I think with the Chiefs and the Packers sitting there at the end of the first, uh, with, with the projection of all the receivers uh, going off the board before them, I think Pierce finds a way into the late first round.
2: I like that answer, Ed. Who do you got? I'm gonna go with Javon Haley from uh, Coastal Carolina. Don't sleep on these Coastal Carolina kids. They they did they really did great things with really not a lot of attention. And uh, yeah, I, I, I you know I, I think what they've done there is great. Awesome. I'm gonna
1: go with. I think people are kind of very scared to take this guy because of his size. But Calvin Austin from Memphis is somebody that just does not play to his size. I mean, this is a he's listed at 5'8" on a lot of things, 5'7" elsewhere. He's a small guy, but he plays so much bigger than his size. And he's one of those players not going to put him in the same realm as Olave, but one of those players that simply just knows how to get open. They're like his his suddenness gives him so much re- defensive backs respect it so much that they're playing off this guy like he's a big physical receiver when in reality he's just a small shifty guy but they're so scared to, you know, play up on him because you're not going to get a hand on him. I love what Calvin Austin brings to the table, and I think in an NFL sense, he'll be a great special teamer as well. All right, let's
2: kick oh, it let's, in the end. Let's, ends, go, let's baby. go to the
0: Trey McBride's, yes. Trey <laughs> McBride's position. And yeah, the Trey McBride position. Okay. Um I will, I'll go. I, I don't think he's underrated anymore, but I'm just going to say him anyways because I, I want to. Uh, Jelani Woods uh, from Virginia. Mm-hmm. You get a guy at 6'7 with his athletic testing. I mean, you, you can put his numbers up to, like, Jimmy Graham, Darren Waller, and Kyle Pitts and see, like, why this guy could be – I think, I think there's a potential for him to emerge as the next, like, Jimmy Graham.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he actually tested as the – most athletic tight end in combine history i don't know exactly how that you know they equate to that but he is a beast i love jelani woods ed who do you got my my friend
2: i like this guy jake ferguson from wisconsin get him in the third round
1: okay okay uh i'm gonna go with another guy i've mentioned before on the show and that's jeremy ruckert from ohio state had a low volume uh, at ohio state but a guy that any single time he was called on he made the catch did not drop a pass and i think this guy will be a fantastic security blanket in the nfl let's kick it to the big boys in the trenches who do you got for your overrated offensive tackle or excuse me your underrated offensive tackle
0: we'll go with the uh, abraham lucas here he's a guy that i think that is uh, is being pr- probably you know not a first round projection may fall in the second but he he checks a lot of boxes
1: all right ed who ba- how about you
2: I like this guy, Kellen Deach from Arizona State, underrated guy in the sense that I think he's a good producer at the college level, you know, humble personality. I I think he's going to help. All right. I'm going to go Luke Gideke.
1: Does not get much media attention. And I, I feel like I rarely see him get talked about. There's a potential. This guy's a top 45 pick. He shows great skill in the pass and run game, yet does not get much media attention. Let's let's kick it let's kick it more inside, slowly but surely. Who do you have as your most underrated guard, Angelo?
0: Well, I thought this player was overrated at, at the beginning of the process, but now I think that uh, you could possibly say underrated because he didn't actually play the position. But uh, Darian Kennard of Kentucky mm-hmm. is, a, is a is a player that was very highly decorated at the University of Kentucky uh, athletically and tape-wise. He doesn't really fit as an offensive tackle, but I think he's someone that could come in and play guard and on the right team in the first couple of years be like in a Pro Bowl consideration.
1: Is it really an Angelo Carriero list if there's not a Kentucky player on there? Oh, there'll mm. be more. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
2: Ed, who do you got, my friend? You know, I didn't realize you guys were as high on Zion Johnson. Um, but I, I, I really think Zion Johnson, I mean, he's excellent. I mean, I I think, he, I, you know, from a tape standpoint, from an analytics standpoint, from a measurable standpoint, I mean, this is a really strong prospect. So this guy, you guys might rip me for him. Not his
1: tape was not great, but I'm banking on where he's going to get taken and what he can do in the NFL, and that's Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma. Like I said, he has he's just a very raw physical football player and I just you know watching the Browns we've had a lot of these random injuries come in and we just need that emergency offensive lineman come in that just can be physical and fill in when you absolutely need it in crunch time and I feel like with the raw athleticism Marquise Hayes brings he's a guy that you can kind of bring in and plug at center or guard if you truly need him to and for a guy that's going to be taken very late in the draft I actually like I like his positional value all right let's kick it over into center
0: Wow, uh, just ha- with the happenstance, uh, Luke Fortner from Kentucky. Uh, there, there's, uh, Brendan, Brendan says he likes his versatility up front, but uh, Luke Fortner was a guard at Kentucky for years as a starter in, in what was one of the best run-blocking offensive lines, in, not only in the SEC, but all of college football, and moved to center his uh, senior year and performed well there. Uh, got a senior bowl invite, got a scouting combine invite. I think we'll see him go higher on draft day than most people would uh, believe.
2: I'm going to go with Donovan West from Arizona State. I like these Arizona State boys this year.
1: All right. I think I'm going to go Zach Tom. Uh, He has, you know, this is a guy that has experience pass blocking at left tackle as well. So he's got a great frame, got a great pad level. I think this guy could absolutely turn into a starter in the NFL. All right, boys. Let's move it to the defensive side of the football. Let's start it with our ends, baby.
0: All right, what, uh, what, what a coincidence, a third Kentucky player coming oh, off the no, board. No, <laughs> I've said this all along. Every, everybody knows how I feel about Josh Pascal. I mean, yes, he's, he's a player that uh, outside of height, 6'2 and a half, he tested really well at the Combine. Uh, all, all of the numbers point to him being a starting defensive lineman in the NFL, and his tape, especially in the run game, was uh, phenomenal. I, I think that a team's going to pick him and get a
2: 10-year get starter. I'm going to go with Nick Benito, uh, Oklahoma
1: Sooners. You know, I... It was... <laughs> Angela, I'm glad I didn't go with Pascal. We would have had a very similar list, but it was between him and one other guy. I let, I, I went with this guy because I had a feeling he would have Pascal. So I'm going to go with Arnold Ebikide, or Ebikidi. Some from Penn State. This is somebody I feel like was kind as gone all over the place on where, you know, people have had him mocked late first uh, all the way to, you know, mid second. But I just... This is a guy that I feel like is, you know, kind of bottom of the top tier edge rushers or top of the second tier edge rushers. Uh, if, if he's a second day pick, I feel like that's going to be a great value pick. And I, this guy could, you know, run game, eh, not really there, but I feel like he could be a good pass rusher early in his career. All right, let's kick it to the big boy on the interior. Give me your top defense or your most underrated defensive tackle or nose tackle.
0: I'm going after what you all don't seem as high on him, and he's a guy that was really high at the beginning of the process was DeMarvin Leal. He's not a player that I think that you're coming in and expecting him to be an Aaron Donald type, but we've seen – Defensive lineman in the NFL, it, you know, some come to mind. Like, a, I mean, at the very, very high end, like a guy like Richard Seymour, who just made the Hall of Fame. And I'm not saying that he's the next Hall of Famer, but I could see Lial going on a line like the Steelers, the Patriots, one, one of those one of those blue blood franchises, and becoming a star, a starting defensive lineman on a Super Bowl team. Okay, okay, I I, I
1: had him on my uh, list last week, so I actually. I was had a chance to watch some more film on him, and I was impressed with his ability to kind of move around the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, you said that he would be a bust. I heard what you said. Hey, I said podcast. it
2: might translate. It translate or not. So, all right, I'm gonna go. With, I just want to announce my draft crush. It's Neil Farrell, uh, Jr. Uh, from LSU. Guy at the Senior Bowl was just relentless. Perfect technique. Just relentless, 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 you know, was was, was there with the Alabama guy, Federian, but to be honest with you, I mean, no one's really talking about this guy, Neil Farrell Jr., I really like this guy from LSU. I think I'm going to go Matthew Butler from Tennessee. I think he was, this, this defensive
1: line class is, in a lot of their game is one-dimensional. They're either, you know, really good at stopping interior runs or, you know, plugging the gaps, but this is one of the few guys that I feel like has the ability to kind of display that he can be successful in pass rush and run defense uh definitely not one of the best defensive tackles but his verse is um game versatility is why i have him underrated
0: all right we're going on to linebacker yes sir All right, so I was going to go with uh, Benito as an outside linebacker rusher, but since Ed already did it. I also wanted to go with Troy Anderson here Mm -hmm. because he was such a crazy athlete, but I I, I don't know. I feel like some – it just depends. If he's a fourth-rounder, he's extremely underrated. If he goes – I think he'll end up going in the second round. Uh, I'll go with – but I'll go with Channing Tindall. It seems like Quay Walker, his teammate, and, of course, N'Kobe Dean – all get a get a lot more buzz than him. And they say, well, he never started a game, even though he was on the field a ton. His his football awareness sometimes can be can be concerning, but when we're talking about like a supreme athlete, Tyndall tested out of the water. Like he ran a four four and jumped 40 yard uh, or 40 inches vertically if he jumped 40 yards vertically we're talking about superhero Uh, but uh,
1: first pick overall
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like the the FBI needs to get a hold of him but no I think uh, Tyndall has I
2: think he could just play defensive line and jump over the offensive line that's That's right at at,
0: at, at that point at that point we're looking at Lawrence Taylor 2.0 but yeah uh, (laughs) Tyndall he he just he just has a lot of speed and what I really liked about him even though that he had uh, a Play, play awareness, like div, uh, diagnosing it uh, problems at times. His his sideline to sideline is on that level of some of the other guys that we've we've seen in the past that we ranked really highly. So I, it's he's just a guy that I like and I think he's not being
2: talked about enough.
1: Perfect, Ed. Who do you have, my friend?
2: I'm gonna go with Demarco Jackson from Appalachian State. I, did I pronounce it right, Angela? Yeah, Appalachian State. Yeah. Okay, I just, I just, I just want everyone to know that I got Appalachian state, right, and I'm from the Northeast.
0: <laughs> and, he, and he, and he
2: conformed to, to our,
0: wait a second. You're, like Appalachia is in the is in Pennsylvania, Ed.
2: No, isn't it in West Virginia?
0: No, oh, yeah, West Virginia, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Maryland, all the way down to Alabama, Tennessee. Like it's it's a it's a long mountain range, my friend.
2: All
1: right, all right, all right. I'm gonna go with Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, uh, a player that I actually feel like has been getting a lot more respect as of lately and is moving up uh, player rankings, but to me just doesn't get the media attention he deserves. I really do believe Leo Chanel has the the potential to be the third best uh, linebacker in this class. Okay. All right. Let's kick uh, it to the secondary.
0: Yeah, in the secondary, we're talking about cornerbacks here. I am going to go uh, with my guy, uh, Kyler Gordon, just Mm -hmm. because he's a guy that I think Kyrie Elam's ahead of him in most people's boards. Um, uh, I think that that, – The reason why I think he's underrated, even though he gets first-round buzz, is that there's potential that if things break wrong with maybe some of the top corners, Kyler could emerge as one of the best corners in this entire class. And I I know that maybe some people are saying, well, if he's the fifth corner, there's that that, uh, potential, but it still is the fact that nobody ever mentions him in that breath, and I think he's a lot closer to them than not.
2: I'm going to go Marcus Jones, slot corner from uh, Houston. And I think I'm
1: going to go, this one was tough for me. I think I'm going to go Elante Taylor from Tennessee. Um, I'm going to bank on his 2021 season. The other seasons were pretty average, but uh, I love his competitiveness. I love his fiery nature, and I love his physicality in the run game. So I'm, I'm going to go Elante Taylor. All right. All right, and that leaves us with the last position of our underrated prospects,
0: and that's safety. Who do you got, Mr. Angelo Carriero? Well, I'm not going to do the thing you think I'm going to do, and I am going to take Yusuf Corker of Kentucky. All right,
1: all right. <laughs> wow.
0: I,
2: I'm actually even surprised you said
0: that. I like him a lot. I think that what you've seen from him, a lot of people, a lot of people, when they look into Corker, his athletic testing was uh, was underwhelming, but he is a player that, one, I went to the pro day. He's built out of granite. He did well in, uh, in drills. He's been a player since his freshman year and has been starting since his sophomore year in the SEC on an NFL, uh, like a a defense that has coached a lot of NFL players, and he was also a four-star prospect coming out of high school. Like he's got the pedigree, he's had the he's had the coaching uh, by Mark Stoops, who's had a ton of players in the NFL um, that that go into there and he's been a longtime starter in the sec. Like if there's a player that you want that can contribute in your defensive backfield and on special teams, I think that he, he would be on a lot of players uh, or on a lot of teams as, excuse me, uh, boards.
2: Who do you got? (laughs) Mr. Ed? I really like this guy, Louis scene from Georgia. I think he deserves a lot of credit for how good Georgia was last year. All right. Yeah, I like Lewis. I like Lewis seen a lot as well. I think
1: I'm going to go with Nick Cross from Maryland. A phenomenal athlete. I think he's properly ranked in this safety class. Just maybe doesn't get as much, you know, national media attention as like such a physical enforcer might deserve. I really like what Nick Cross brings to the table, and I think he's going to be a day two pick.
0: I, I will take blame. For for uh, being the person with the, with the, probably the most uh, homerism on this, but I do want I do want I do want to reiterate that that Brendan renamed the entire position of football after his favorite player in the draft. So like, who, who's really the most biased now?
1: <laughs> hey, why you got to call me out like that? It's yeah, I love it, I love it. All right, gentlemen. Well, that was our list of the best underrated and overrated. Let's hop into our superlatives. I'm excited for these ones. We we got a few different scenarios. So the first one we got is what team is likely to trade up in the first round? Ed, why don't you start us off with this one?
2: I I, I just have a feeling. I, I just something tells me the Steelers are going to try to trade up for for Willis. I don't. I I think I think if if he makes it to seven, if he makes it past the Carolina Panthers. I think the Steelers trade up. I think they, I think they give up like a third and a fourth, or something. Or they give up, a, they'll give up something ridiculous, like a second and a third, because I think they really like Malik Willis. I
1: can't disagree. I think they might have to. I, you guys are picking like mid twenties, if I'm correct. Twentieth. Um, 20th. Twentieth. 20th? Okay. I think you might have to give up a little bit more than that to get to Malik Willis. If he does make it past the Panthers, though, I don't count that move out at all.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Going through the mock draft, uh, Malik Willis' fall, I, we, we we may see it. We may see it. I won't get into mock draft stuff now, but it may not cost as much as we thought uh, a month ago.
1: All right, all right. Angelo, who do you have, my friend?
0: Uh, I got the Chiefs. I, I think it's pretty obvious where they have uh, these draft picks. They lost their... I mean, the receiver, the receiver, I, I think the player that really made that entire offense like work was Tyreek Hill. Uh, the receivers are really going to go off the board. We've seen them in the past be aggressive to get their guy in Patrick Mahomes. And, and sitting at 29 and 30, they're the number one team I don't expect to be picking in those slots exactly how they are on draft day.
1: I agree with you. I have two teams here, and the Chiefs are one of them. I just, like you mentioned, you, you lost... One of the most game-changing players in football. Uh, You 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 have to you have to attack. You also lost your you know your enforcer on the defensive side. I wouldn't you know Chris Jones maybe is that enforcer, but Tyron Matthew was kind of the heart and soul of that defense. So I wouldn't I wouldn't you know look past them trying to get a dominant defensive back early in that first round as well. Another team that I either see they're either going to go either direction. They're going to trade up or they're going to trade back, and I think that's the Chargers. With how much work the Chargers did, they fixed a lot of their defensive problems. If they can get that last, in, you know, they picked up Sebastian Joseph Day, who's a great interior run stuffer, but the long-term option is there in Jordan Davis. If they have the opportunity to, to, to trade up and get Jordan Davis, that defense is complete, and the, that Chargers football team's ready to compete. 100, that would be the best run-stuffing team in the National Football League. And I think if they have the opportunity to trade up for that, they're going to do it. But I could. leading into the next one, uh, teams that are likely to trade down, I could also see that being a scenario. I mean, the, the Chargers are a lot more of a complete team than we want to you know, think. And with where they're picking, I don't know if they want to reach or even just take the best player available because it's not necessarily going to be a position of need. So why not get some you know, value later you know, in a year or two and trade out of the first overall? Because you can get a position uh, a positional need in the second round if they really want to fix that interior run and can't get a guy like Jordan Davis. Okay, maybe take your chances on getting Travis Jones in the second.
0: All right,
2: I like that.
1: All right, who do you uh, have for trading down?
2: I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say uh, the Jets. Um, I think at four, I don't know. I, I think the Jets are kind of like in that scenario with like the Dolphins, you know, like a year ago and. Uh, You know, the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, three or four years ago where they just want to stockpile picks and be quiet and then just kind of rebuild their team. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like they're they're the type of team that maybe they give up their four position, maybe come away with three first round picks and maybe come away with three starters later. Um, I think that's the way the Jets kind of rebuild this thing.
0: I do. I do want to mention that Brendan pulled a fast one on all of us that said his most likely to trade up and down were the Chargers. I, so I have he, he, another
1: team. I got another team. I'll. Uh,
0: okay, yeah. okay. 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 That I'm probably steal it here. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Their the G, their GM came out and said that uh, that they weren't going to trade down just to acquire picks. Like that's out of the question. Um, I don't think that's out of the question because what they're looking at is the potential for their apple of their eye attack Tackle, like going off the bo- – like let's say a Quanu does go top four, that the apple of their eye goes at five, and then you're sitting at the position where you either take the third offensive tackle or, or you can trade down. You can either get that tackle again. You can go after Trevor Penning. You can even take Malik Willis because you traded down a bit. You pick up a second-round pick and then get the inverse. You either get the quarterback that you liked that fell in the second round or you now have that day two pick where you can get that offensive tackle that you have on your board, and that way you come out of round one and two with a quarterback tackle instead of just taking one or the other, and not picking again until the fourth round.
1: All right, I like that, Angelo. And I'm, I got a different team actually. And this is—I think the Giants are a serious contender to trade out of the first now, or to—I don't know if they'd completely trade out of the first overall or trade back. They have two top ten picks, and they are in cap nightmare. And I, I truly don't, I don't know if they can afford all these high picks and on their salary cap. I, if they don't trade James Bradbury or cut him, I truly, truly believe they will not be making both of these top ten picks.
0: Interesting. I, they were, they were the first team on my list, actually, but I, I just felt more comfortable with the Panthers because I think I. I get what you're saying. It's in, it's not mock draft time. I was about right. to get into my whole Giants <laughs> theory, but we'll we'll move on.
1: All right, all right. The next one we got is the least likely player to live up to pro day hype.
0: I'm I this is really interesting. I don't I don't know if you all felt the same way. So if you all do, uh, tell me how I'm wrong. But I feel like. That post COVID in this combine, we had more participants in the combine than maybe ever before that didn't like, like that Where pro days where you didn't have the Odafe Owe pro day where everything was just you know wild like we did last year where the combine it was all you know like the way I, I, I don't even think they had the combine during the pandemic, but maybe they did. I can't, I don't that, that was. They did. Field. Yeah, I, I don't think they did. So I'm going to go with the guy that didn't live up to his or that that least likely to live up to his combine hype, And this is where Brendan disconnects me from the call. I'm going Jordan Davis. <laughs> I I love Jordan Davis as an athlete. I mean, he is the Shots best. Fired. <laughs> the, he may be the best defensive tackle athlete that we've maybe ever seen for if we're including size plus speed, like the the planet theory, Bill Parcells would Ricky Williams trade, you know, for, for Jordan Davis. But if you look at his film, man, like, and I know he got the accolades, but I think he, he was a, he was a very, very rotational player at Georgia. And there were times when you'd watch an entire tape or two, like when I first started scouting Jordan Davis, where you walked away, like this guy is not even, like, not not only do we do I not think that he he is uh, the guy that everybody says he is. I'm not even sure if this guy is a player that we would draft in the first two days. Like I'm talking about, there are times on film where it's just like, where, where is he? What is he doing? Is that him? Oh no, that's Devontae Wyatt. No, that's him. Uh, that's Jalen Carter. You know, he would just go so long sometimes without making plays that I. I I was concerned, and from some stuff I've listened to on uh, podcasts uh, from people in the know, they say that the Georgia coaches were like, yeah, I wish we could get that guy at the combine all the time. They said that it's between February and August where you have struggles with uh, Jordan Davis. So all that was concerning enough uh, for me to think that the combine might just be the combine long term for him.
1: I respect the breakdown. I'll give you that, Angelo. I respect the, break out, the breakdown. The I needed it, life. or else you would <laughs> I, I, you would you would have
0: flamed me to hell and back.
2: <laughs> I love it, and or Mr. Ed Hunt. Who do you have, my friend? I just think this guy George Pickens. I think he has a lot of. I think he has a lot of uh, bust potential.
0: You know what, Ed? Ed has been all over George Pickens, <laughs> and I have to say this. I actually understand all all of Ed's concerns because it's it's kind of like this. He feels like he's Des Bryant without being as good as Des Bryant and I'm not <laughs> sure if uh, so I, I, a, Ed, I as, as much as you're it. all over him you you like that comparison I do yeah, so that's kind of where I f- where I feel about it. So I think Ed is on on the board where if he goes in the first like there there's concern.
1: all right. I respect that answer. Um, I'm gonna go Boye Mafi um, or Boye Moffey, excuse me, from Minnesota. I do like him as a prospect. He had a phenomenal pro day though, and it's I've seen a couple mock drafts where he's shot up into that first round, and I just I don't agree with that. And I didn't see any of that until uh, after that pro day. I think he's very poor in the run game and just kind of gets anchored there a lot. I feel like that's gonna hurt him in the NFL. His, you know the dude is just a statue at times because he's getting out physical plays with a yep. high plays with a high pad level and you know but he does not have <sighs> great length and I I think he's a late second round pick I think he's a late second I'm, round pick I'm
0: surprised he's not late seventh round pick yeah, with your pad, pad level, level. because <laughs> of the pad level yeah <laughs> no knew. that's funny go ahead go ahead you say it he, say you it you
1: knew he's getting ripped if the pad level's not right.
0: Uh, dude, I could I get just see a player with pad level, and a smile just immediately turns into a grimacing frown for you, where you're just like, like you're gonna tell on him. Like I don't know to who, but you are. Uh, that that's funny you say that because I was doing again. I'm not gonna go, guys. I'm not gonna take a long time. I, I'm not. I was doing the mock draft because we're trying we're trying to you know to win win the mock draft, and I was trying to find who I think the 32 first-rounders are, and I was at 31, and I was like, okay, who's the last guy? And I pulled up Boy Mafe's uh, uh, athletic testing numbers, and he is – a supreme athlete and he reminds me from what you've said it sounds like a lot of how i felt about away last year mm. where he did sneak into the bottom of the first round even though i did not like his tape because of the athletic testing you're right but mafe is is a, is a workout warrior and i can absolutely see why uh, he would make your list if he didn't like his tape
1: all right i appreciate that i appreciate the backup my friend I like this Cosign. one. I like this one most likely to prove his doubters wrong. Do
0: y'all want me to kick this one off?
1: Kick it off, my yeah, friend. Yeah, let's
0: hear it. You know, you know who it is. Y'all, y'all know who it's been from day a one from day one. Uh, I heard a podcast on Ryan Russillo's podcast. He had Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay on at the same time, talking talking about bringing the Titans of the draft world together, and they had differing opinions from player X to player Y to all these people. Until it got to their guy where Rosillo said, who's the one player that's projected to go in the top ten that you all would feel the least comfortable with? And they both agreed that Charles Cross was the player that they would not feel comfortable selecting in the top ten. They said that together. Wow. I he he they are his doubters and Charles Cross when he emerges at the at the as the top tackle. I trust I was listening to a Daniel Jeremiah podcast and he wouldn't even say Charles Cross's name. He he hates him so much. What? So you know what? Yeah, he wouldn't even say he was like, Yeah, they'll get uh he said Evan Neal Quanu and then he kept saying they'll get one of the two tackles after a quanu at five for the Giants, or one of the two tackles for the Panthers, but he never said Cross's name. So oh, I am here that's... on the Charles Cross hill and I will die on it. Yeah. This yes, sir. my guy, and he will prove them wrong. Right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't know why you could... I genuinely want to
1: hear their breakdown of Charles Cross because, I mean, a guy that three years in the league has a legitimate opportunity to be the best tackle of that class. I, I'm i 100% on board with you, Angelo.
0: Well, thank you, Brendan.
1: Mr. Ed Hunt, who do you got, my
2: friend? My guy, Neil Farrell Jr. I, I just... I, I don't know. Just sneaky. Sneaky good strength. Sneaky good technique. I just... He's a pad level guy, Brendan. If yeah, I baby. Sell him to. <laughs> if I, if it, oh my gosh. He's a pad level guy. I'm gonna say Neil Farrell Jr. from LSU. All right. Uh, this
1: I don't think this was a cop out answer because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I don't know if he loves the game." Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to prove everybody wrong. There's there's the
0: thing saying... You know, wow,
2: that's a bold statement. Right no, it's
1: there.
0: not. Like, I completely agree with Brendan. I, this, It has gotten ludicrous It with is unbelievable. I
1: saw a mock draft with him at 17. You gotta be joking me. You gotta <laughs> be joking Ed probably did it. He, he, I
2: know Ed's not a Kayvon Thibodeau guy. That was Ed's mock draft. <laughs> I mean, <he's>, honestly, <laughs> honestly, when I look at the tape, I'm like, I see it as a run defender, but like, as a pass rusher, I don't even know how he got that many sacks. Ed, if you I, I, had I, I said it on the show. I said it I was holding it back and I said it on the show, okay? I had to say it. <laughs> Ed, if you had
0: a late seventh round pick, would you take a flyer on Kayvon Von Yeah, of course. That <laughs> athlete No, just with you. <laughs> of course. Like, no, no, <laughs> <not."> <laughs> <laughs> he just goes, I don't know. <laughs> That's it and then we move on. <laughs> i'm just messing with you ed
2: no i just i just i I feel like i'm like on a different planet with like the rest of the draft world that just i just don't see what is so special about him i I didn't understand why he was projected number one i
0: I will i will be fair fair to you ed and i think some people you know pushing him down boards his tape wasn't aiden hutchinson's and i think that's what everybody expected and when you go in with those expectations you do feel a little cheated
2: I, I mean, I, I I have him on my football team for sure. I mean, I'd be happy, but like, I, I mean, am I going to trade the farm for him? No. I I
0: I, I I'm I'm de- definitely with uh, with Team uh, Brendan and in, in Camp Thibodeau. I, I would I would set up a tent there and uh, and uh, sleep comfortably.
1: Yes, sir. I so I think Thibodeau is going to prove his doubters wrong. Let's hop into this next one because we can get on it. We could have a whole podcast about Mister K Thibodeau, but. <laughs> Top three you're banging your table for, and this cannot be guys that were on your previous lists. So, guys, if, if they're there, you take them off the board.
0: Um, I th- See, this was the one question where I didn't get to email, like text you all, and I was like, okay, what exactly does this mean? So if you're talking about three players that like you would pound the table for
2: that we have not mentioned, because I pretty much – No, no, the no, guys no, 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 no. i no, no, no. Just like, oh, sorry. They're, they're the top three guys like, they're not your best. They're not your They're not your best. They're not your underrated. But there are three guys you would pound the table for that are – do you get what I'm saying with that? Like in
0: the first round, like somebody that I would be like, this is who no, I want. No, no, no. This is like – Can you all go guy. first and I'll go I'll, last? I'll go is first, that okay? I'll give
1: you my guys so you have kind of an idea. Okay, thank you. Three guys I'm banging my table for. Number one, you guys know how much I love this guy, George Karloftis. Speed to power God. That's what we're going to call this guy. Number two – Travis Jones. Uh, as a Cleveland Browns fan, I am craving to crush that interior run. And number three, my favorite, I don't think he's the best, but my favorite due to his skill set, my favorite wide receiver is Mr. Traylon Burks. If he's on the board, I'm not passing on him. Uh, I, I love, Traylon Burks is, you know, it's, it's kind of a comparison that everybody's been putting out there, but it's a... Uh, a mix between Debo Samuel and AJ Brown, and I see it, man. I love Traylon Burks, I love George Karloftis, and I love Travis Jones.
0: Okay, I'm I've got a feel for it.
2: Okay, Travis Jones was on my list too, so we're not even going to talk about that. But yeah, we're fully fully in agreement on that. I'm going to say Brian Robinson Mm. from Alabama. You know, just watching the guy at the Senior Bowl, he does a little bit. I I know he has a lot of tread on him, and that's probably why he's not like the guy I target right away. But to be honest with you, if he's sitting there, like let's say he he, he falls to like round three or round four, I'm pounding the table for him because he's just one of those guys. He just brings all the intangibles. I think he does a little bit of everything well, and I just want guys like him on my football team. You know he stepped up in that Alabama Cincinnati game. They called to him. They said, "You know what? Our receivers are hurt. We're just going to play it safe." Brian Robinson stepped up. I'm going to go Brian Robinson from Alabama. And then I like I, that I, one, Ed. Yeah, I like that you, one. You guys are not going to like me when I say this. You're going to probably call God. me a homer. You're going to th- th- there's going to be a lot of judgment for saying this. I, I I just I would pound the table for Kenny Pickett. Guy is married. <gasps> No. no. Shame, shame, shame. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, Ed. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. And and this is why. This is why. This is why. I just just think, like, if there's someone that I just, like, I I won't lose sleep at night thinking that he will be a top 20 quarterback, I think it's Kenny Pickett. He's a winner. He's a winner. And you know, college winner... I think there's a lot of – I think this is a little bit like – I don't want to say poor man's Matt Ryan. It's like a little bit lesser Matt Ryan, I think in the sense that the fact is, is that he's he's the complete package from the intangible standpoint, humble guy. There's a story about him where I guess he sat in class to him and he asked him what he wants to do next, and he said NFL quarterback. Didn't even know he was Pitt's quarterback. He didn't even know. I think what he did as a senior, I think you know the fact that he bet on himself and he was right, I think – I I just think he has it in the upstairs department, and I think that, you know what, he probably isn't going to be like Peyton Manning. He's never going to be Peyton Manning in his career, but I think he's going to be all reliable in his career, and he's going to have a career as a quarterback for somebody.
0: All right, Ed. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I, and here's the thing, I, Ed. I, I don't think that your Kenny Pickett love is like misplaced. I, I, I really don't. I know we give you a hard time for for, or we give Kenny Pickett a hard time, but I, I don't think that you're like wrong for thinking that.
2: I mean, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying like this is like like it, it, if if I'm sitting there and I'm the Carolina Panthers and at six and there's Malik Willis on the board and Kenny Pickett on the board, I'm gonna go Malik Willis, right? But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, mid first round, that mid first round quarterback, that mid to late first round quarterback, Kenny Pickett, I think is the guy is my guy.
0: All right. All right. Thank you all for doing that first, because now I have a feel for what you all are talking about and I'm feeling comfortable now with it. So I'll go ahead and reveal mine, Uh, a player, players that I have not talked about yet. Uh, Obviously, first, uh, if you listen to the the top 10 cornerback list, I did, you'll, you'll understand this one and it's Andrew Booth, Jr., Andrew Booth Jr. is just a guy that you want on your football team. He checks every single box for me except, like, having the athletic testing numbers. But even then, what I saw on tape, all I need to know is that if I'm in a big game, I want this cornerback on my team. And for better or worse, you might die on the sword with him. But I would rather – It's it's kind of like this. I'd rather have a player shoot the shot and miss than be scared to shoot at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Booth Jr. to me is that guy. He's extremely tough, great tackler. He takes pride in what he does. He had a huge pedigree coming out. I, th- I think that he's a guy that I just want on my football team, and I think that I, I would I would spend a first uh, willing to have him there. Uh, w- one guy that I don't think we've talked about enough, and he's just been buried because I think more the national media than his actual game, and that's N'Kobe Dean. We don't talk about Nicobe Dean enough because everyone around us have told us that Nicobe Dean isn't a first round guy, isn't NFL level uh, ready. And honestly, if we're just talking like tape to tape, Nicobe Dean brings the most to the table in terms of his ability. On tape, I think that he is – like I've said before, and I'm not scared of it. I thought – I liked his tape better than Roquan Smith. And Roquan Smith with top ten, it was just that Smith was the, you know, quote-unquote, you know, better athlete and better fit. I think N'Kobe Dean is what the future of linebacker is in the NFL. And I think that when we're five, six years down the road, people are going to be like, wow, you know, like I can't believe N'Kobe Dean dropped. And my third guy – and I – I y'all 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 are going to be shocked. I can't I can't believe that I've gone this wrong uh, without mentioning a Kentucky player since the underrated list. But <laughs> Wandale Robinson out mm-hmm. of Kentucky. He was, he, was a, he was a top, like, 150, top 100 recruit coming – or no, he was top 100 coming out of high school. He went to Nebraska. He had a good freshman year, and things got weird with the offense there out of necessity to put him at running back. Transferred to Kentucky, and all he did was set all of Kentucky's single-season receiving records in an NFL pro-style offense led by current offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, Liam Cohen. Robinson – is a very good wide receiver that's small. He is not a small receiver. He is really good at his routes. He is very tough. He gets open. He has wiggle and he will he will break tackles in the open field. He's not a gadget player, and that's what people are scared of with small receivers—is that they are gadget players. I think that if a team can overlook the height and know that Wandale and and he's strong, he's not going to get pressed at the line and it's over. Like his dad is a like bodybuilder, like this guy. This guy and he's been he's been weightlifting all his life. This is not a tiny skinny guy. This is a kid that can come to the NFL level and be a good. I mean, like I'm not saying he's gonna to be as good as this guy and this is probably where people are going to detract but steve smith was a really good wide receiver that was small mm-hmm. and i think that wandale robinson is more in that vein than being like a gadget player or being maybe like a calvin austin where he's like light and people think that maybe he's just just a speed guy type of type of player
1: i'm glad there was an opportunity for wandale robinson's <laughs> name to be thrown out here because i loved watching his film i'm very i, I was going to be surprised if he didn't make it onto your list somehow in some some area of this show angelo i was going to be surprised
0: there you go i got about i only got about three or four more kentucky oh, perfect, players perfect. so i'll <laughs> try to fit them in and best in three years or you know <laughs> stuff like that let me see all right
1: well let's let's hop into the uh most likely to be considered a steal in three years
2: i, I you want I'm me to leave go. this
0: song oh go ahead ed
2: Okay, so I have Jamison Williams written down, but I think the draft community agrees with me on this, and it's not going to be a steal anymore. I'm going to say with what what what, what news I got from Angelo about where the odds are for Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, I have to say he's the biggest steal. And, you know, safeties and, and linebackers always drop and don't deserve to.
0: I'll go with another position with a player that the draft community is high on. It, it's Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, we, we're hearing reports that he won't go first round at this point. And when he's like a multiple time first team all pro within the first six years of his career, people are going to be like, yeah, well, how, why was Tyler Linderbaum dropping? You know, like the casual fan or the, or a new NFL draft mm-hmm. kid. Like, why did Tyler Linderbaum drop? It's like, well, he never should have. He had every requisite like thing on tape. His athletic, I mean, everybody was like, like, oh, he has short arms. That The guy the guy on tape is as clean as a center prospect can get. And if he doesn't go in the top half of the first round or the first round at all, I mean, that's that's the definition of a steal. No, absolutely. Because, I mean, there's a legitimate case for him
1: being, you know, top five, arguably higher player overall in this class. For him to fall out of the first would be unreal. Um, it better not happen. We, we, we give our Tyler Linderbaum respect here on this show, so... Uh, for me, I think it's going to be Jahan Dotson for, uh, f- uh, from Penn State. For a guy that's, you know, valued from anywhere from, like, the 6th to the 10th best receiver, I really think on draft day there's going to be maybe 6, 7 guys taken before him. Uh, this is going to be a second-round guy, but uh, I, there was a, com- a comparison being drawn up of him and Emmanuel Sanders, and I truly think he could be that very smooth Z, very good number 2 throughout the entirety of his career. I mean, he's got the, nearly the exact same build as Emmanuel Sanders. Very, very similar play style. Can be a guy that's just that reliable third-down target, doesn't drop the football. For where he's going to be taken in the second round, I think he's going to have a better career than some of these guys taken before him. I love, love what Jahan Dotson brings to the table.
2: That makes one of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that. Did you say that makes one of you? Yeah. I was sitting here, like, I'm not gonna lie, Brendan, I love you, bro. You know that, but dude, you were like, you you were like he's gonna be the biggest steal, and then you were like Emmanuel Sanders. And I was like, I've never looked back at his draft and been like, you know who was like the biggest steal of that uh, draft? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Out, like, was, <laughs> I'm sorry, out.
1: I'm sorry. Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders is a guy that's had fourteen hundred receiving yards. He's he's had three or four seasons over a thousand yards, has been one of the you know, in that what even seven year span was one of the best number twos in football. He was, I mean, he was a valuable piece to to Denver's offense being as dominant as it was. If you can be one of the best number twos in the league for your entire career, I consider that a steal.
0: I, I consider that a steal as well.
1: But no, y'all, once once this this uh, podcast is over, you guys can go laugh at me. <laughs> he got mad! <laughs> I'm, sorry,
0: I'm sorry, Brandon. We should have never done that to you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go to the next All one. All right,
1: least likely to live up to expectations in three years. Jahan Dotson. No, I'm
0: just <laughs> <laughs> Do your Chargers thing. I can see him being Jahan Dotson. He's a little small, not super fast. Um, least likely to live up to expectation in three years. Uh, it, it's more or less where he's picked than who he is, but I think it's Trevon Walker. I think when when we get three years down the road, uh, Trevon Walker will probably have like the fourth or – fifth-best edge stats, you know, like, out of the class, and people are going to say, man, he was, he, they really missed on that pick, when in all reality, I think he's going to be a really good, solid player. But if he's going to go in the top four, I think the other edges in this class are going to have the notoriety, and Trayvon Walker is just going to be, like, a, a good player on his defense. All right, all
2: right. I know, I know Angelo is not going to like this. Uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina. I just I, – I, I just – at the senior bowl did not impress me
0: well he's going to he's going to impress you on the steelers when he's leading you <laughs> all the super bowls oh,
2: if i'm wrong about him not only that every time i watch the steelers i want to be reminded that i was low on him That's like it's a, that, that's the hard thing about lamar jackson is like i watch lamar jackson and he beats me but then he beats my Steelers, but then also I have to be reminded the fact that I was one of the people on the <laughs> internet who scouted him as a wide receiver, and it just like it just and it just beats at me and beats at me and beats at me. But it's just like I I don't I don't know how to end it. No, it's you know what the way that you end
0: it is doing that right there. A lot of people would try to bury that and try to try to come up with this facade that they're the best, and at least you're honest with yourself about it, and that's cool. Like I loved, I loved Lamar Jackson at quarterback, but I also you know drank the Josh Ro- Rosen Kool Aid. So you know, like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. So all right, all right. That's what makes the NFL draft so special.
1: Exactly. So I have uh, Drake London from USC. For a player that's drawing comparison, I mean, I get it. the The comparison to Mike Evans is a very easy one. Um, I guess it's fair, but you know, a guy that's potentially gonna go top ten, you gotta live up to some high expectations. I'm not saying that Drake London's necessarily going to be bad in the NFL, but a guy that's drawing Mike Evans comparisons, going to be a top ten pick. You have to. I mean, you have to be. 1,000 yards, you need to be as strong in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, you have to be a dominant receiver within those first three years. You're getting compared to a guy that's never had a 1,000 or under a 1,000-yard season in his career. I think it's because of the expectations that we kind of have out of Drake London, why he won't live up to them. I think he could be a good player. I'm still not nearly as high, as I'm, as high on him as others are. And he's being asked to do a lot out of out of college. So I, I think his expectations are getting placed a little high. And I also don't think he's gonna be as good of a player as we're you know kind of expecting. So I have I have Drake London. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right. The first Pro Bowl <laughs> player of this class will be
2: Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Aiden Hutchinson.
1: I I don't think that's a bad guess. I'm okay. I'm going to go with uh, a guy that we mentioned, and I'm going to say Tyler Linderbaum. I just think a guy like, you know,
2: we've seen... Actually, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that
1: one. We saw, you know, Creed Humphrey dominate. I mean, dominate. He was arguably the best center in football last year, his rookie year. We've seen other guys like, you know, guards like Quentin Nelson. These interior guys are getting really good. And I feel like we're kind of lackluster at stars for, you know, centers in the NFL. If this guy's as bona fide of a superstar as we all think he's going to be, I think that's a potential rookie uh, pro bowler right there.
0: I think that's a good, I think that those are two great picks. Like you said, the dearth of top centers, even though there are some coming into the league like Humphrey that could take it. But then like defensive end, there's like what, four per conference. So it's it's like a, a wider field, but it's also a wider position. So yeah, that's a, that's a good pick.
1: All right, all right. Uh, if we had to take, if we had the first pick in the draft, who were you guys taking? Please
0: do not say Trayvon Walker. I, I, I mean, I, Jahan Dotson from everything yeah, that you baby. said. I mean, how can, how can I go? How could I ever go wrong?
2: Uh, you guys, no, you I, guys are ridiculous.
0: <laughs> um, I, I would go with uh I, I was I was Team Cross for a long time, but it's gotten to the point where I think that Aiden Hutchinson just just gives you the most and gives up the least. And I if I'm if I'm a GM of an NFL team and I want to and I want to keep my job with a, with a with a sure sure thing, I, I just don't see how Aiden Hutchinson isn't a you know top top tier defensive end for for at least seven eight years.
2: Aiden Hutchinson. Did I already say that? No, you you no. did. Now
1: I got you. <laughs> and I mean, I I think any answer other than Aiden Hutchinson is wrong. A guy that you know will pro- likely be an impact player from day one. You can't deny the film. He's the best at his position, and we highly value defensive ends. So I think. And
0: it's- and you know and you know Brendan really means it because his one criticism of Aiden Hutchinson is pad level. So you know <laughs> exactly. that everything else everything must else be just is off the charts. Everything
1: else better be off the charts, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm super excited to see Aiden Hutchinson, man. But all right, folks, we're down to the last question of the show. Most likely to be considered the best
2: player in three years.
0: Ed, lead us off.
2: I'm gonna go Kyle Hamilton. I just, I, I've never seen a, I've never seen a prospect like this.
0: I like Kyle Hamilton. I think I think that you could be right, where he's just the top of the free safeties in the NFL, and it's not a conversation mm-hmm. in three years. Um, I, I'm go- I'm going I'm going cave on Thibodeau. Uh, I, I I think that with with what he can do in that three year span when he develops and when he gets those ISOs, I, I think that we're gonna see a player that rises to the forefront of people's image. Like Miles Garrett, and there will be chatter like, "Is he the best defensive player in football?" I think that potential is there for him. I I I think that that the the cameras and the all eyes on me Tupac ninety six type thing <laughs> is going to be on uh, a Thibodeau.
1: All right, I love both of those answers. I I I have Mister Charles Cross, and I I'm banking on his upside. I really do think that, you know whoever whoever saying Charles Cross is not deserving of a top 15 pick is just absolutely out of their mind Uh, i really do believe that he has the base to become one of the best tackles in football another player that i i wanted to throw in here i just it it really is going to depend on where they go and i truly believe garrett wilson has all the qualities you want to be a superstar in the nfl it's just is he going to get that opportunity
0: I th- that, the the odds at the beginning of this show that someone would find a way to stand Charles Cross harder than me, I would have put at ten thousand to one. That is unbelievable that you pulled that off right there, hey, uh, man, Brendan. I, I got
1: a one up. Yeah, I, I had to find my way. I had to find my way.
0: <laughs> interesting on the Garrett Wilson love. I I you know that that's that's interesting. I that's and interesting. I I'll say something. I the last I
1: would say before this month. I was not nearly as high on Garrett Wilson as I was, or as I currently am. Uh, I just, everything, he provides everything I want in an NFL wide receiver. Maybe not a great blocker, but as a pass catcher, I just don't think there's, there's nothing this guy can't do. Uh, I don't want to give him the praise, like, he's drawing OBJ comparisons, which I think is a little outlandish in a way, but I, I understand where people are coming from. I truly understand why he is... I would say 75% of the number of people's number one wide receiver. And I truly think that he has, you know, we're getting these young receivers and they're, they're becoming all pros pretty much right in the league. I mean, Jamar Chase's rookie year, Justin Jefferson, his rookie year in three years. I can't imagine, you know, how good a guy like Jamar Chase is. And if we get that rookie season out of um, Garrett Wilson, I, I could only see it
0: going up from there i have more questions about it but i won't i won't ask him here
1: all right i respect it I'll, I'll 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 happily answer them for you and if your question is will in 10 years he be better than Jahan dodson the answer is no
2: that 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 <laughs> okay. that right there can, that right there if well, is you said a yes i would have been really worried yeah
1: that i would oh. have had to come check on you <laughs> i love it, you guys hey I had a fantastic time doing this show today, you guys. I I truly did. This was this was one of the most fun shows we've done in a long time. I love getting into the arguments. I love I love the hot takes. I love getting ripped for the Jahan D- 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 dots and love. Um you guys, thank you so much. I can I can't express how much I truly appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah, it's been great, man.
0: Yeah, I I'm this is my favorite holiday of the year. It's 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 Christmas 3, Halloween 2, NFL Draft Weekend number
1: 1. Alrighty, you guys. Well, if you uh, decide on who you want to rip, you can rip me for my Jahan Dotson love. You could rip Angelo for his Kentucky love. Or you can rip Ed for, uh, for his Kayvon Thibodeau hate. So we, you guys can come attack us for whatever you want. We, we're, we're expecting it, and we love it, you guys. But.
0: And yeah, and 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 just to think that the best player in this class isn't the one that renamed, redefined the tight end <laughs> position. I mean, the Trey McBride position. Yeah, who dude. would have ever, who would have ever thought that he wouldn't be number one?
1: I love it, you guys. Hey, everybody, we truly appreciate you turning tuning into this episode of Blitzcast, this uh, this pre-draft special. Next time we're on the show, you guys, the draft would have happened, and we're gonna be talking about the crazy picks, the people that fell, the people that were reached on. I cannot wait for next week's show. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much. We we couldn't do this without you, and we appreciate you week in, week out. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Blitzcast, and we'll catch you next week.